0: Come on, Gareth, leave him on. Let him get a hat trick, for the love of God. Unleash him.
1: This is, by the way, the difference in our afternoons in a nutshell. I, who literally did not sit for an hour (laughs) and a half, and you're like, oh, let him have a hat trick. Come on, Gaz. Keep him in there. He's got an MBE. He bought breakfast for everybody. Come on. From Apple News and Metal Arc Media, I'm Brendan
0: Hunt. And I'm Rebecca Lowe, and this is a very happy after the whistle.
1: Reminder, there will be adult language. Celebratory in nature, but nonetheless, adult.
0: Brendan, <sighs> how are we? Happiest Oof. of all the days so far this World Cup? little stressed out, but now okay?
1: It is just past one o'clock and I'm five Sam Adams in again. Sam Adams, uh, a beer that is not allowed in the UK because it is the beer of a war criminal. (laughs) That was a far more tense way than I care to spend my lunchtimes. But here we are.
0: I mean, I mean, we we decided didn't we, before the games, I'll watch England game, you watch this game, and then we'll confer on the pod. But because the England game finished quite a long time before, and actually I kind of left it a few minutes early, I did catch the last 10 or so of the USA game, which we will come to. But for the rest of the game, for anyone who watched, who wants context, or anyone who didn't watch, who wants to know what on earth happened today from the USA perspective, I mean, well done, first of all. Massive congrats. You're through to the knockout stages. Ooh.
1: Oh, boy, that was really the goal of this, you know, like to to restore a bit of where we were in days of old required not only getting to the World Cup, but also getting out of the group stage. We don't often do much more than that. So that was kind of the baseline to really say this was a successful World Cup. So now we're playing with house money, which is nice. And uh, we're going up against, well, frankly, uh, the casino. Um, but we'll 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 get to the future. Okay, Rebecca. So shall I talk you through it?
0: Oh, I would love nothing
1: more. Okay. So um pretty early on, it felt like the US was exerting dominance for about 25 minutes of solidly holding on to the ball, keeping the ball, getting into the final third. I think at one point the stat was the US had, you know, 21 balls into the final third, and Iran had zero. This is at, at around this time. Polisic in particular uh, was having uh, a very good game. Um you know, he had a good touch early, which I felt was important because I you know, this feels like the kind of game that he rises, you know, into. The only flaw at this point in the US uh for me was um Christian Polisic is continuing to take the corners and like I don't, I don't know if a single one of his corners has been threatening for this entire tournament. Um, but I also, if, as long as you're not putting Aronson or Reyna in the mix, I don't know who else is supposed to take them. So that's a bit of a poison chalice. Um, shout out. Uh, my friend Mo, who plays uh, Zero on the television program called Ted Lasso, he arrived late, but he did it the right way. He slipped oh, in. Thank goodness. He yeah. didn't say a word. He looked for eye contact from the host. Me. Mm-hmm. Nodded. Mm-hmm. and we were good we were good he's aboard. listened so
0: he's listened i'm so glad that we've helped so many people with that yeah and by the way
1: uh, so folks a lot of you people who have been you know having like smaller world cup gatherings now we're getting to the knockout stages with a you know a real like marquee opponent so you're gonna have more newcomers getting ready to come to your house to watch this match let them know the rules get it clear ahead of time um okay what would what, what i have here oh I have written down here, fun fact, U.S. has... And then I stopped writing. Oh, you know why I stopped writing? (laughs) Because at that exact moment, Christian Pulisic scored a goal. Yeah, he Um, did. It was thrilling. Like, he has needed his marquee World Cup moment that a a team's marquee player needs to have. The assist for Weah in the first match is only half the battle, but here he is. He scored, and... Then he went down.
0: How do you guys celebrate? How do you celebrate? Was it was it was it carnage?
1: It was carnage, and it was high fives, and it was hugs. But I didn't take my eyes off the screen because Pulisic never got up.
0: Yeah, that, uh, yeah. he was down they for a injured, very didn't they, at
1: very very long time. What's the injury?
0: Um, what do we know, Brendan?
1: Well, the latest official word um, was that it was a abdominal injury, and he had been taken to the hospital. Uh, and that was according to U.S. Soccer. But now, even at, while we are recording, we are seeing. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, a picture of Polisic triumphantly raising his fist from a hospital bed. True win one for the Gipper, except the Gipper still gets to play in the game. Vibes. So looks like we'll have him going in on Saturday. Hopefully, but we don't know for sure yet. He
0: says, doesn't he? Says that I'll be ready for Saturday. He looks like he's full of morphine, but fair <laughs> enough. <sighs>
1: <laughs> oh, when the morphine talks, the morphine says big things. Oh,
0: God, I really hope that isn't the case. It was
1: a real hard uh, collision uh, with the Iranic Keeper. And at that point, I'm thinking like, well, he died as he lived, scoring for the U.S. Um, but he eventually did get up and he soldiered bravely on for the remaining, you know, uh, eight minutes or so by the time he got up. But still, it was immediately, mm. it was immediately terrifying. And then we were down to 10 men. While while he was off, you know, getting attended to on the sideline. And then even down to ten men, Sergeant had a really good chance. Oh boy. So then we get to halftime. We're up one-nothing. And as as you well know, a one-nothing lead when a draw knocks you out Ugh. is emotionally excruciating. And mm-hmm. uh we did not know it yet, but we were we were about to go on to a 55-minute journey.
0: I, you did know it. I mean, let's be honest. It was going to be a 10-minute add-on no matter what. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, yeah, but I thought maybe we'd score a goal. Right, okay. Um, you know, somewhere in that time. We did not. So Aaronson comes in. So the pro Aronson crowd, and I guess I'm part of the pro Aronson crowd, even though he spells his hmm. first name wrong, finally get to see him get a proper run. At that point, also, you know, uh, on a personal level, I'm hoping that Wales beats England because if hmm. Wales beats England and the US beats Iran. Well, then... The U.S. doesn't have to play Holland uh, this weekend, uh, but at this point, it was two nothing England, and that dream uh, had died. But Iran still needed a draw. Can
0: I just can I just pick you up on um, Aronson, please? Because having sure. not seen the second half, so did he come on for Polisic at halftime? He did. Okay. Apparently, the rules and, and, say
1: someone had to, and he was chosen for this for this patriotic duty.
0: And how did he do? How did how did he do?
1: He did pretty well. I mean, he he looked like the Brendan Aronson who plays for Leeds. You know, he was Good. getting he was chasing balls down. He was getting involved. it It didn't have a lot of end product to it in the long right. run. Nor do I recall him having any particular like great chance in front of goal. But he was a firecracker that he always is, and okay. I love him. You um, don't score
0: a lot of goals, do you? That is oh, maybe the problemo. Would that be? Yeah. harsh? Oh,
1: But at the same unfair? time, oh my gosh! I mean, that's the the, the huge bummer of polizic going out at halftime. Mm. Like Pulisic looked like he was finally locked in yeah. and ready to ready to boss a game, and then. Uh, we lose them At the same time, somebody else has got to score. Okay, so going to the to the second half a little more quickly. So uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers started for Walker Zimmerman. But why? Um, Pace? Um, I th- I suspect calmness uh, from okay. what I was watching. Um, because between him and Reem, that's the most stoic and zen center back pairing I've seen for the U.S. in a very, very long time. And CCV had, I think a slightly more ostentatiously good match. Like he he ran mm-hmm. some balls down. He ran guys right. out of bounds. He That's was perfect. he was very, very good. And I suspect he holds on to his spot against the Runya. Um okay, so we're we're holding on, we're holding on, we're holding on. Get to the 83rd minute or 82nd. And at that point, Bearhalter has two subs left. And you know, we're all kind of hoping like, you know, Reyna and Ferreira. But instead he puts in Shaq Moore and Walker Zimmerman commits to five at the back. And I
0: mean, do you blame him at that stage with eight minutes to go plus stoppage time, which is probably another ten? I mean, he, he you don't. It's that it's that age old conundrum: Are you going to try and go for a second, or are you going to yeah. lock it up? And you, I mean, it's a World Cup; you have got to try and lock it up, haven't you?
1: It is the age old conundrum, and it is you know it, he's blameless for doing it. And results would suggest it was the right call, um, despite some precarious moments from Shaq Moore, who we will get to, but. It was a bit of a bummer because it seemed like another goal was there for the taking. But still, the smart tournament coaching play. So CCV and Reem very calm, very zen. Then in comes Walker Zimmerman, and he's immediately yelling at people, which actually is probably what you want in, that late in the game. Because like, wake up, everybody. <laughs> We're getting it done. It wasn't until the 87th minute that Iran had their first corner. And from then on until the 99th minute, because nine minutes of extra time was eventually called, it was fairly harrowing. There That's were, when I
0: tuned in, I would yeah. say, just after that corner from Iran. And I thought, Blumenek, neck, I hope they haven't had have to do this for the last 45 minutes. That was horrible to watch no, that it,
1: last... It was absolutely harrowing. And then, around right about the 96th minute, I think, Iran officially were out of ideas and were just playing for penalties. There was a, a rather comical dive um, that, you know, had the contact, quote-unquote, of CCV with one hand on uh, Taremi's shoulder... But he went down and like, it even went to VAR because of the, you know, the lusty fashion in which, um, Iran was begging, uh, for a review. Well, actually,
0: did it go to a review? Because we were watching it, it and we were, it did, did it? Okay. Because yeah. he was pretty quick though. I mean, there was nowhere near a penalty, but you just worry, don't you? I'm assuming as a US fan, you're thinking this is going to be the day that the referee has a sort of a, a moment of madness and decides that that is a penalty because by the way, we've seen them given. And I was thinking, please, no, please don't give a penalty. I was so relieved. But was it right after that, Brendan, or was it right before? I think it might have been right after that, when had you, when the ball went long and Hadji right got the ball on the left-hand side of the box. And instead of taking it to the corner, we just delivered a limpish shot ever. And I'm like, oh, my, oh no, that is the naivety, unfortunately, that's been on display. It's like, mate, you've got to take it to the corner. And then Iran went up the other end. Yeah. And you're like this is going to be on Hadji right? If they score here, this is on Hadji right. And I, you know, nobody wants that. But mate, it's about the corner flag
1: right then, hundred percent. And like, if you get the shot on target, perhaps our fury is mitigated. But it was, yeah, it was. to say it was a limp squib of a shot, and then there was one more sort of irani half-hearted attempt hmm. at a penalty dive, and then the final whistle was blown. Which for a moment there, it was like, oh was my god, did they, did they actually call that penalty? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> But no, no, it was for the end of the match. And oh my gosh, the, the relief of it. <laughs> what, what was your take in the final 10 minutes that you were so generous as to watch?
0: Well, thank you. I, I thought it was either going to end 1-1 with a wrong going through or it was going to end 2-0 to you because of just the way that you guys were sitting back. S- <laughs> and hanging on for your lives. Yeah. So you're either going to get a breakaway goal, like Hadji Wright should have scored or maybe should have not scored, but actually take it to the corner flag, like I said, or Arama are going to get a goal. I mean, that's a horrible feeling. All I was doing, to be quite honest with you, Brendan, is I was sitting there going, I'm so glad right now this isn't my game. I'm so glad I'm not (laughs) USA right now because I have lived through so many of those 10 minutes. So many. And this comes back to what we said yesterday on the pod about the extra time, because when he put up the sign that said nine minutes, I said to my husband. Well, that's just given Iran the biggest lift of all time. And actually that is really when you guys almost looked the most nervous. It was almost like, can we make it through another nine minutes? I don't know if we can. Like Musa looked absolutely out on his feet and I don't blame any of them, but that nine minutes mentally for Iran, in this particular case, it didn't work in their favor, but it certainly lifted them. And on any other occasion, this added time that we are now doing in 2022 World Cup is going to change the face of a lot of games, I think, certainly between now um, and the final. But I felt for you, it's a horrible feeling. You feel sick. Seconds take so long, don't they? You look at the clock and you're like, do seconds normally take this long? Did someone slow <laughs> down the clock? It's the horriblest feeling. Um, so I definitely felt for you. But I, we just wanted USA to get through. Absolutely delighted that you guys got through. Really, really am. So deserved. a lot the players, I mean, Tyler Adams again. Again, I mean, from what I saw in the last 15 minutes, let alone the rest of the game, I'm sure he was just brilliant. He's just, he's one of the players of this tournament so far.
1: Agree, 100%. Um, and yet, and I was thinking about it afterwards, like I'm not quite sure if he was man of the match. It might it might be Cameron Carter-Vickers and it actually might be Polisic. He mm. really had an incredible half and then sacrificed his body for the goal that proved to be decisive. And I know generally speaking, you're not going to give player of the match to someone who only played 45 minutes, mm. but he really bossed it. And uh, he really showed, well, he's our uh, North Star, at the very least. It was it was quite a performance. Now, I dare say, before we get into what the future holds for the U.S., please, take this moment. Talk us through the England game. Far less tense for you, because all you needed to do, really, was not lose by four goals, which was never going to happen. However, if Wales had won and the U.S. had won, then the England was at risk of falling mm. into second place and facing the far tougher opponent, Holland, in the second round.
0: Well, before I get into the game, you say easier opponents, uh, Senegal over Holland. I'm not actually 100 percent sure. Not only with that game, I think Senegal excellent. I'm not. I think Holland have been disappointing. Get on to that later. But I actually think that side of the draw, the side that USA are now in, is an easier route to the final if you're going to aim for the final than the one that England will now have to face. Because if you can get past Senegal, it looks like it's going to be France in the quarterfinals. Uh no thanks. So actually, there's an argument that finishing second might have been um, beneficial. Okay, so fair play. Yeah, so a couple of things. I might be proved wrong, of course, as football always does, um, make fools of us, doesn't it? But this weekend, we'll see. But in terms of the game, um, three 0 winners. Right, great. Like you say, we were not we were not going to lose this game by four goals. So that was never going to happen. He made some changes um, before the game. So Foden came in, Walker came in, Henderson came in and Rashford came in those are the four I didn't mind the changes quite like the changes I still don't think Harry Kane's fit and he still hasn't scored a goal so that concerns me so the star of the show today there were two stars of the show which were two of the biggest calls actually that uh Southgate made Marcus Rashford with two goals and Phil Foden with one goal which tells me and surely must tell Gareth Southgate be more brave be more brave let's get especially Phil Foden but let's get these kids in so the first half was nothing to write home about Rashford had a a chance, not a great chance, difficult chance, um, which you could have scored, but into the time, so it's nil-nil. I'm thinking this is a bit of another damp squib. Second half is much better. So <laughs> Rashford came out, I think it was f- five minutes into the second half and he scored with a free kick, but who won the free kick? Phil Foden. Phil Foden drew three players, three mm. Welsh players around him, pulled him down, um, and Rashford with a beauty of a free kick. So that is why I call for Phil Foden. If people at home wondering why I'm always gone about Grealish and always gone about Phil Foden, it's because they can do things like that. They win fouls all the time. So we only got that free kick because it was Phil Foden, because he needs three players surrounding him because he's that good with the ball at his foot. So Rashford scores a free kick, and then a couple of minutes later, it's 2-0, and this has come from a high press, would you believe, after what we were talking about. Foden, I'm convinced maybe Pep Guardiola texted him at halftime. I reckon he went back into the dressing room, and he <laughs> looked at his phone, Phil Foden. Pep's just sent him a little cheeky one, just like, look, just do what you do for me, all right? We all know that's the way forward. Just get out there, second half, right, and just press. And so that's what we did. They pressed, and they got won the ball back, and Kane crossed it for Foden, virtual tap in. But it all came from pressing the ball, which we haven't done virtually the whole of this world cup um that was 2-0 and then he made some substitutions now gareth and his subs over the years not my favorite relationship Callum wilson trent calvin phillips came on kane went off okay fine the the thing with this is do you want him to score a goal and get a goal in him or do you want to rest him personally i'd have rested him against you USA. Want to rest him. yeah I think think, uh, yeah but he hasn't scored but yeah Declan Rice went off rest him fine and Carl Walker because he's been working his way back to fitness he's obviously he played really well he's going to play in the knockout round so the ones going off I'm fine with Callum Wilson came on didn't do a whole lot Trent looked all right Calvin Phillips steady Jordan Henderson stayed on got a really bad tackle from Aaron Ramsey um and stayed on. And apparently he was the one screaming and shouting around the pitch and bossing all the players around. I was listening to some of the BBC commentary and they were saying that the only thing they could hear at the stadium was Jordan Henderson shouting. But like we were winning 3-0. I don't quite understand what the shouting was about. I really like Jordan Henderson. I don't want to sound like I don't. He's a class operator on and off the field. But with winning 3-0, we don't need to be shouting. Like that's like the olden days, isn't it? We set an example with how we play the game. And, and there were moments where England were much better and a little bit more like against Iran, um, but it wasn't by any means convincing. So then it was 3-0, um, Rashford had gone to the right and scored from the right, uh, I think that was on 68 minutes. But then another decision that I don't understand, Brendan, from Gareth Southgate, 75 minutes on the clock and he takes Marcus Rashford off. He is on a hat trick, right? Just leave the kid on, let him score a hat trick. There is probably not going to be, and I hope I'm wrong, but there is probably not going to be another time, maybe in his life, that he is on a hat-trick at a World Cup. Please let the kid try and score a hat-trick. Only three players in an England shirt have ever scored a hat-trick at a World Cup. Sir Jeff Hurst, World Cup in 1966, which we won, of course. Never mention it, though. Lineker in the '86 World Cup. And then Harry Kane against Panama in 2018, although two of those were penalties, but he's still got a hat-trick. A hat trick. a hat-trick. There are going to be probably, I hope I'm wrong, probably no other opportunities for Marcus Rashford MBE to score a hat-trick at a World Cup. And he takes the kid off. Let the kid have a go at a hat-trick at a World Cup. Wales are shot to pieces. He scored two really goals. Keep him hungry. I disagree. He looked devil when he came off. And I don't blame him. Come on, Gareth. Leave him on. Let him get a hat-trick. For the love of God. That really annoys me, stuff like that. It's a really different mindset to how I think, and so many others think, it's this kind of, yeah, keep him hungry, take him off, let's essentially be cautious, be negative, take, no, let him have his moment, unleash him.
1: This is, by the way, the difference in our afternoons in a nutshell. I, who literally did not sit for an hour and a half, (laughs) and you're like, (laughs) oh, let him have a hat trick. Come on, Gaz. Keep him in there. He's got an MBE. He bought breakfast for everybody. Come on. Oh, my goodness. I know.
0: Well, I'm I'm sorry. It's just where the two countries are right now. It's not my fault. It's just two different situations. Uh,
1: Your concerns about Harry Kane not scoring immediately uh, sends me to, and I've checked the books here, I've checked the numbers, to the 1982 World Cup because a striker need not score in the group stage to make a huge impact. And in the 1982 World Cup, uh, which was won by Italy, Paolo Rossi did not score in the first group stage at all. And then he uh, did not score in the first game of the second group stage, which is something they had back then. Then he got a hat trick against Brazil and uh, then scored two in the semifinal and one more in the final. That's six goals in the final three games.
0: Okay. I mean, I feel a bit better.
1: Right. And since he scored five in the group stage last time, but then one of the knockout rounds, maybe this time you'll get the...
0: You yeah, know, probably the other way round. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I just don't think he's fit, though. He still doesn't look fit. And that's my big, big concern. Senegal, okay. And then you got to play France. I mean good luck. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to say is so far, I think I'm right in saying England are top scorers at this tournament as of when we are recording right now and they're unbeaten. Okay, great. And they've scored nine goals. But, and I said this to my husband about three minutes before Ian Dark and Landon Donovan said it actually on the commentary. I turned to my husband. and I said, the thing I think I'm going to say on the pod is that I don't know if we're very good. Like, I have no idea if we're a good team, Brendan, right? Because Iran were rubbish and emotionally shot to pieces that game. USA were a better team. So that would be a no, weren't good in that game. And then today, well, Wales are are not good and they're full of, by the way, nor should they be. To be fair to them, like how they've gotten to this world stage with a load of League One, League Two championship and a sprinkling of Premier League and two over the hill former world-class players I have no idea. So I don't blame them for not being very good, but they're not very good. And we beat them three 0 So that gives us no idea. So I'm like, are we, I-, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you whether we can beat Senegal or not, but it's difficult to criticize if your top scorers at the world cup so far and you're unbeaten and you've won the group and lots of different players have scored, but I don't know. Do you think we're any good?
1: I think it's very likely that you are. Yeah. Um,
0: Excellent news.
1: <laughs> you can only, you can only beat who's in Frenia, and like, you didn't just beat the people you beat; you thumped them. And
0: yeah, but they're not very good. Iran and Wales are not very good, Brendan.
1: So what happens but you when we play? you thumped them. They, you know? Yeah, I just, mean,
0: yeah. Mm.
1: Like we labored, we labored to draw against Wales. We labored to beat Iran.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but then I think that I can tell more about what type of team USA are now after three games. I, I feel like I can. I've got a reading on them much more than a reading on England. So we will see. Everything will come down to this weekend. Shall we talk about this weekend?
1: Yes, and by the way, I think also you will need Harry Kane at some point. Of
0: Course we will. So, Blumen, rest him. Don't play him in games where we don't actually need him when he's got an injured foot.
1: Yeah, but you, you cannot, you cannot win the World Cup without him firing on all cylinders at some point. True, I 100% true. Agree with you there. Now, in terms of whether or not Senegal or the Netherlands are the tougher opponent, I mean, yeah, we haven't seen the full like Oranje display, but but like they haven't needed to call it up yet. So like I, I think they are. Frankly, they might be pacing themselves. Something about Mane, I'm just not that worried for England there.
0: I feel a Dutch and 60 coming on. I mean, I don't know if anyone else out there is listening and feels a Dutch and 60 coming on, but a sure. seamless segue.
1: Might as well, because it might be the last installment ever.
0: It could well be. I, I actually think it will be, by the way. Before you do your Dutch and 60, in oh, my opinion, USA beats Holland. I'm sorry. I, but, I'm obje- No, I'm not being sweet. I think we've learned. I'm not being sweet. I'm being objective, and I want you to win. And I actually think you can win. Whether you will is a separate thing. I think you can. So we haven't done a Dutch in sixty for a couple of minutes. So, okay, my friend, do you have the stopwatch? Do you I have, have the, the alarm right here? Okay.
1: I hope the alarm is loud enough. Uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Ready? So
0: in three, two, one, give us your latest, please. Against oh. now your guys, Dutch You're and You're biting into
1: my time. You're Sorry. biting into my time. How dare Sorry. you? Okay, all right. Okay. So um today uh the Netherlands beats uh Qatar 2 nothing to win the group, which was kind of never in doubt. They always thought we were going to do that. And then we finally did that. Ecuador was the only team who we did not get the full three points against. And Ecuador was a surprise, you know, uh, uh, outfit. They did very, very, very well. Um, Cody Gakpo of PSV Eindhoven, rumored to be moving to Manchester United. Uh, he scored for the third game in a row. And you know what that opens the door to? A Jairzinho. Only Jairzinho in the 1970 World Cup has ever scored a <laughs> never Zealand game of a World Cup. The Ronaldo and Rivaldo both came close in 2002. Anywho. <gasps> now they got to go and they got to play the United States. And frankly, here's the thing. I just don't think that Holland is is, is given their all yet. They have not had to like Mm. put the pedal to the metal. And I think they have plenty left in the tank. And I fear there'll be too much. I think they're defensively sound. I think they're playing less riskily than they usually do. And that is my time.
0: I, I, I agree with all that. And you might have a point that they've got stuff in the tank ready to unleash against you. And Gakbo is the problem. I mean, Virgil's a great, is brilliant, obviously, at the back, and yeah. he he's not going to be scared, is he? Let's be honest, by many of your frontline. But I think that Gakpo. I mean, did you know that Southampton actually had an agreement with PSV, and he was going to move to Southampton, and then they pulled out the last minute, and then Leeds chucked a private jet out to try and get him. Um, this was in the summer, and then now, of course, like you say, Manchester United sniffed around, and now it does look like he's going to go to Manchester United in January, which would be great because he looks like a class operator. But I agree. Just a, I con- I think. This is now turning into maybe a Dutch in five, five minutes. But I'm with you on this because it's kind of an interesting topic. No, I'm okay now to talk about the orange men. So they've earned it. Yeah. Cody Gakbo, that is going to be the issue Saturday, 7 a.m. Californian time, I think.
1: Well, Depay is hopefully playing himself back into shape as well. I mean, from the Netherlands perspective. And he has been helping, you know, get the offense sort of ticking and moving around, but he's not had any end product yet. But if he's building toward end product... That fellow loves some uh, World Cup action, as you know, you wouldn't remember it because he didn't play in 2018. But in 2014, he scored one of the like secret goals of the tournament, actually announcing himself on the world stage. And he's had some, you know, bumps in his career since then. But now he's like the elder statesman who appears to sort of know what he's doing. And if he is getting back into shape, then yeah, the Paolo Rossi corollary comes back into play.
0: So the fact that, of course, you have a real soft spot for the Netherlands, because that mm-hmm. is where you fell in love with the game. And mm-hmm. of course, you are wearing a multitude, listeners, may I tell you, of USA, Team USA, USMNT, the guys, mm-hmm. merchandise right now. Mm-hmm. So give me the percentage of where you're going Saturday morning in your heart. If you imagine your heart and then divide it up between USA flag and Netherlands flag, how much is USA, how much Netherlands?
1: 100% USA. Okay not okay. even close um, uh, but what happens the, the if only... the
0: Netherlands win does does that heart very quickly just get turned to a very bright shade of orange
1: no no it very slowly goes back to orange there is slow change and, to orange and okay. the only difference will be I will not then have the childish hatred for a conqueror that I, that I generally do you know how there's a school of thought where it's like oh well the team that beats you in a tournament you want them to win because then it means you got beaten by the best I'm not that mature I'm always like <laughs> fuck that death to you how dare you May you be humiliated going forward. May you never make another tournament <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. Fuck you forever. Kind with you. Kind of with um, you. <laughs> but this time, I will have a more mature and nuanced view if that is to happen. Um, but, I mean, the the odds are against us because like, there aren't quite enough US players right now who are having noteworthy enough performances to make me feel confident. Adams, yes. Pulisic. Yes. Weah? Not quite, frankly. Tim Ream? Yes. Matt Turner? Yes. But like today, you know. Robinson, yes. Not today. For those of you who are kids in the Hall fans, he was Mr. Heavyfoot today. <laughs> there were so many times where like he he would get the ball and get open and then the ball was suddenly out of bounds. Oh, wow. So then eventually Shaq Moore comes on for his second substitute appearance and he did not have a great first appearance. And Clint Dempsey says after the game is over, I saw Shaq Moore raise his hand to say my bad more than I saw him complete a pass. And that is true. Ooh. Um. And that's wow. going to make the Joe Scally crowd go real crazy. So, yeah, we don't have enough guys who are having really, really mm. solid performance. You know, I, I would say Dest has been playing pretty well. You were going to say.
0: I was just going to say that my concern is I've been in America nearly 10 years. And the number of times I have complained and kind of mocked American football saying, you know, it's like three hours long. It's like, you if know, you're come lucky. on. No one's got three hours. I'm just thinking that knockout games, right, plus normal injury time, plus extra time if they go to extra time, plus injury time the first half of extra time, then the injury time on the second half, then penalties. And then I'm sure they'll find some injury time from the penalty shootout (laughs) to play more penalties. We could be looking at a three-hour game. It's going to get ridiculous, but it's also going to be amazing entertainment.
1: But that's instructive for folks at home. As you're scheduling your weekend around these matches, once we're in the knockout stages, you got to put three hours aside, not the usual two. And that's for the parents as much as anything else. Um, gosh, what else? What else do we got? Um, uh, shout out to Ecuador, who started out hot and, you know, they, they beat uh, Qatar, which in retrospect was not going to be that difficult. They drew against Netherlands, who won the group, and then just got beat by, by a Senegal team who are very, very good. And Valencia scored three goals, giving him six in his career. And that was actually six in a row for Ecuador in the World Cup, going back to the, I believe, 2014 World Cup. And then finally, um, Moses Caicedo scores to even things up. And eventually, even though they broke the Valencia streak, it was not enough.
0: What a finish by Koulibaly, by the way.
1: Oh my God. I and mean, that was a fun, the, the, the weird little thing about it. I mean, Between Sar and Caicedo and Koulibaly, all <laughs> English League. football uh, players, Saar, former Premier League, and probably Premier League soon to come, because Watford, without a doubt. Um, but uh, Caicedo, first ever brighton player to score mm. in a world cup and uh i only mentioned that because i know of your deep-seated love and respect for brighton
0: well when you sent that message earlier on in the text thread i was like i don't care i don't care if it's the first <laughs> i mean it probably is the first because of rubbish and i've got any other players in the world cup anyway so I
1: hate brighton uh crystal palace brighton rivalry one of the weirdest <laughs> rivalries in all of football we're not going to get into it but google uh, that shit because it's fascinating
0: uh, yeah. um quickly england senegal concerned yes i am Sadio Mane. Thank goodness, from an England perspective, is not there because of the injury. That would have been super scary. It's now just scary. But when you've got to finish like Coulibaly today, anything can happen. And they're a force, Senegal. I am very nervous. This is by no means a done deal. I really think there's a very good chance England goes home. I really do. And and that's scary. And and this now, what happens now, we're sitting here Tuesday afternoon, and the game for England is on Sunday at 11 o'clock, my time, Californian time. It's one of them... Every day is going to just, the the nerves will get more and more. It's just an unpleasant week ahead if you're an England fan, actually. Because so much is expected. Like you were saying about the USA, like you just wanted to get out of the group. And if you go out to the Netherlands, they're the Netherlands with all the heritage and all of that. And yeah, but they may not be the team that they have been over the centuries or decades, but they're still the Netherlands, you know, still, that that name still holds. It's a bit like what we were talking about Germany yesterday. They're not the team of 10 years ago, but they're still Germany. The name has the gravitas. So if you go out to yeah. Netherlands, there's no shame. If England go out to Senegal, it's not Iceland of Euro 2016, but it won't be far off there. Yes, they're the African champions, but they still don't garner the respect in England that they probably should have. We could go out and it will be uh, English press field day, feeding Frenzy, yeah. So I think it's a real chance that it happens. Please, please, Gareth, play Phil Foden. But hey, don't worry. We got about twenty-five pods until that day, so I can <laughs> send up my Foden prayers every day until then.
1: But again, like the mani thing is such a tragic injury. You know, like he he really, really would have just fit right into this World Cup and just really, really crushed it. And I would be much more nervous for England with with him involved. But but he's not there, and um, now Senegal has this moment to really show, you know, is this is this going to be their, their World Cup or not?
0: So there we are. Those were our live raw takes on USA and England, both going through. Um, plenty to get to throughout the rest of the week, but what's your final thoughts from today, sir?
1: Just want to give my uh, respects to the Iranian team, the things that they are dealing with off the pitch and their attempts to acknowledge it. Uh, during the course World Cup, most notably by not singing their national anthem during the first match, uh, which apparently then only garnered them threats from the government to make sure that they sang the anthem for the uh, second match. It's, I think, more to deal with than, than any of us can comprehend. And there is far less joy in knocking Iran out of this tournament than there might have been under normal circumstances, bigger concerns than football. So I tip my hat and I give full respect to Team Melly.
0: I would just say, in response to that, I think that when they didn't sing the national anthem against England, I think that the emotional impact that had was there for all to see during the game. The 6 2 hammering was not really according to form. Um, I can't imagine how they must have had to deal with that emotion while they were playing the game. And I think that you have to look at their World Cup campaign and the efforts that they've made, those players, and you have to say that they've arguably sacrificed, actually, themselves, their team going through in the name of protest, because had they not done what they did against England, they they probably wouldn't have been hammered 6-2. I just don't think they would have been. So you sort of have to take your hat off to that sort of sacrifice.
1: Agree. 100%. Uh, you got any final thoughts, Rebecca?
0: Well, I'm just sending lots of love to Christian politics abdominals.
1: Um, yeah. And again, abdominal might be a family-friendly term Could for testicles
0: we send our love to them too Uh,
1: i mean testicles are even more important because you know the testicles hold the future politics that we will need to win world cup 2052 (laughs) in england If you're loving the show or even if it just makes you feel slightly positive going forward in your day, either way, whatever feelings it invokes in you, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and be sure to rate and review us. It really helps other people find the show and think of other people besides yourself for once.
0: And for round-the-clock World Cup news plus live scores and standings, follow along. On the Apple News app in MySports, we're available. I'm the only one who actually reads a script. Brendan just tells you what he wants to tell you.
1: Thank you, Rebecca, for giving me notes (laughs) while we're on the air. uh, We'll be back with more World Cup coverage um, Thursday. We'll give you tomorrow off, but we'll be right here in your podcast feed. See you then. Love it.